Hey, what's up? I'm Father Josh Johnson, and this is Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to hear you out and do my best to help you throughout those tricky times in life. Whenever you're trying to discern what is the best decision for me to make, especially whenever there's not that easy fill-in-the-blank Catholic answer that we can always turn to. On this show, we will listen to each other. I will pray with whatever your questions are. And after I spend time in prayer, I will do my best to to try to help you to navigate uh, your walk toward eternity. Each episode, I will answer three or five of your questions. And those questions can be dealing with everything from Catholic teaching to Catholic morality, to apologetics, to relationship advice, dating advice, how to handle difficult conversations. Here's a disclaimer though, I'm not perfect, which means I might mess up. I might give you advice that is not good. I will pray with every single one of your questions and do my best to abide in relationship with Jesus and to answer your questions from that that place of intimacy with our Lord and in the heart of the church. However, I'm still a broken priest. I'm imperfect and my advice might not be helpful to you. If it's not helpful to you, I want to give you the freedom right now to simply reject it. If it is helpful to you, then I want to invite you to accept it and try to live it out and share with other people so that you can not only become the saint you're called to be, but you could potentially help others become the saints that they are called to be as well. If you're a first time listener, this is how the show goes. You shoot me an email with your questions, whatever it is, at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. And then after that, I will respond to those questions. Then you can review this show on iTunes. You can rate it, which helps other people find out about the show. So that's basically the gist of Ask Father Josh. We just listen to each other and we try to accompany each other in our walk toward potentially becoming canonized saints. Kind of cool. So on today's show, we are going to we're going to go there. Right. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people, I guess, are kind of scared to talk publicly about. And it's Pope Francis, right? My man, Pope Francis. So one of the questions that we got today is from a a viewer who is struggling with the Holy Father and who is kind of questioning uh, Pope Francis and and wants to get some advice on how to deal with their problems with Pope Francis. So I'm going to do my best to help you out. Another question is about celibacy. Uh, Specifically for me, how do I deal with being a celibate priest? And especially whenever we live in a world with a lot of attractive women, what do I do to remain rooted in the celibacy for the kingdom. And then we have a question as well about uh, about pastors. How do we deal with our pastors whenever we perceive that our pastors are not there for us, but they're always available to other people in our church, but just not me, especially whenever we go through traumatic situations. Uh, so those will be the questions for today. But before we get into those questions, I want to share with you all a glory story. Glory story of the week is is going to be my time that I got to spend last week with Sister Miriam James and Father Mark Toops. I went up to Philly to work on a new project with Ascension, and it was with Sister Miriam, Father Mark, and it was so life-giving. It was absolutely so life-giving. Sister Miriam James is a religious sister with SALT, the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. Father Mark Toops is a, a priest in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Two amazing people rooted in intimacy with the Lord. And when I spent time with Sister Miriam, she's one of my best friends. And so it's one of those, she's one of those people where whenever I'm with her, she inspires me and she motivates me to want to be a saint, to not settle for a mediocre priesthood, 
but to want to go deeper in my relationship with the Lord in authenticity and authentic prayer to really be real with him and vulnerable with Jesus. And uh, man, it was so absolutely life-giving. And whenever I came back home from, from filming our new project, I tell you what, I, uh, I was reminded the need to prioritize those kind of people in my life throughout the week, those life-giving people. I call them near occasions of grace. People who after I spend time with them, I just want to be a saint. I want to be holier. And so what I did was I wrote down on my calendar a few different people throughout the week to shoot a text to, to remind myself, make sure I text this person. Make sure I call this person. Make sure I invite this person to go hang out, go grab some coffee, right? Because they're good to me. And when I'm with them, they help me to want to just be be in intimacy with Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you have people like that in your life, who are life-giving, who don't drain you, but who give you life and who inspire you and who motivate you to go deeper with the Lord, with Jesus, then write them down on your calendar. I call them near occasions of grace. Write those near occasions of grace down on your calendar. Prioritize them on your schedule and, and try to connect with them so that they can help you to go deeper with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's the point of our, of our life is to, to know to love and to serve God. And so we need to surround ourselves with people who will help us to know, to love, and to serve our Lord. All right. That's my glory story for the week. Again, if you want to shoot me your questions for future episodes, hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Now let's jump into our first question. We're going to go straight for the controversy. Pope Francis. Pope Francis, my holy father. This is coming from Mark. Mark says this. I respect the office of the papacy. However, whenever I reflect on the actions of our current pope, I'm very disheartened at his lack of remaining true to traditional teachings or to wholeheartedly supporting them. An example would be, the controversy about him reportedly stating that there's no hell and souls just disappear. My first reaction is that I cannot trust the report because the source was simply giving secondhand information. That's a good point to recognize as to what the Pope actually said. However, what I am most dismayed about is that the Pope did not concretely come out in a full statement reiterating church teaching on hell and what happens to our soul. If someone were to accuse me of saying something that was so controversial, I would immediately come out and refute their statement with the truth. So what I find most alarming as a faithful Catholic is that the Pope did not do that, but rather came out with a very confusing message. How do we or can we reconcile this when in my heart of hearts, I believe that the Pope is wrong? Oh, all right. Well, that is a, a great question, Mark. So I guess the first thing to, to recognize is this, Mark. Uh, actually, you know what? I can't, I can't address it yet because you said the word respect in your question and a song is already in my mind. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, take it, T-C-P. Uh, so yeah, sorry, I had to get that out of my system. I think I, some of y'all know I, I just, I always have to sing. So uh, yeah, that that's... That's done now. Okay, so first question. 
Mark, actually, you know what? No, I can't go to the first question. What does TCP even mean? Aretha Franklin, if you're listening to today's podcast, please hit me up at AskFatherJashAscensionPrince.com and let me know what TCP means when you say R-E-S-P-C-T and then you, you talk about whatever TCP is. Anyway, so Mark, back to your question. Ah, uh, you are called by God to be an intentional disciple of Jesus. And our brother, Pope Francis, is also being invited by Jesus to be his intentional disciple. And here's the thing with disciples. Not every single disciple is going to completely understand the next disciple. Not every single disciple is going to be similar to another disciple. We're all different. We all have different personalities. We have different temperaments. And in fact, we might not always get along with each other. We might not understand, might not even like each other. But 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ called the 12, he called 12 people who were very different, who also grumbled against each other, who did not like each other. So my first thing I wanted to say to you is this. You don't have to like the Pope. You need to love him. You need to pray for him. Because to be honest with you, the Pope might not like you. If he knew you, he might be like, man, Mark is annoying. Man, Mark, I don't like you. Man, Mark, you're too whatever. But the, the bottom line is we're both all called to be disciples. And every disciple is not always going to understand or get along with the next one. But we are all called to pray for each other. The 12 apostles in the early church, they supported each other through prayer. They were, they were rooted in their community with each other. They did not always like each other, but they certainly remained rooted in each other and rooted in Jesus. And they prayed for each other's sanctification. They prayed for each other. And that's what we're called to do as well. So the first thing I want to just invite you to is, is pray for the Pope. He, he's, he's an imperfect human being, just like you and I, and he needs our prayer. Sometimes we think because somebody is a pope or a bishop or a cardinal, and that means that they're supposed to be a canonized saint already. And they're not. They are our brothers who are also walking toward Jesus with us, and they need our prayers. And so if you find that you like Pope Benedict more than like Pope Francis or St. John Paul the Great more than Pope Benedict, that's cool. Like, you don't have to, to like every pope the same, but we are called to pray for them to all become saints. So first things first is, is recognize that he is, um, he's somebody that you just might not ever like, <laughs> but he is someone that you're called to certainly love and pray for. And he certainly, I'm sure, prays for all of us, the church. Second point is this, is Pope Francis is not infallible. Whoa, what did I, did I just say something that's crazy? He's infallible, yes, but also no. The Pope is infallible when speaking ex cathedra from the chair of Peter. Whenever he's speaking from the chair of an airplane, which he often does uh, whenever he's in the airplane in the chair and reporters there, they ask him a question. He is not speaking infallibly. He's just speaking as Francis. Pope Benedict, he said when he was poping, he wrote, he wrote the book, Jesus of Nazareth. He made sure everyone knew just because I'm writing this book, Jesus of Nazareth does not mean that everything I say in here is going to be perfect. I might say things in here that aren't good, that aren't true. And so I'm open to being critiqued. He wasn't trying to act like he was speaking infallibly when he wrote books. He enjoyed writing. That was his gift. However, he recognized that it wasn't necessarily all being inspired by the Holy Spirit. So he put that disclaimer out. Pope Francis likes to talk. That's one of the reasons why so many people are drawn to him, because he's so accessible and so available. I think one of his greatest gifts is that he's so open to just having these conversations with people. I think sometimes our biggest blessings can also be like a curse, though, because that's also where... Uh, 
a lot of trouble and confusion happens because it's kind of he's kind of messy when he talks. He just has conversations like he's he's having a cup of coffee with you. But okay, so just like Pope Benedict wasn't speaking infallibly whenever he wrote his books, Pope Francis has not spoken infallibly. He has not spoken infallibly on any of his airplane trips and his conversations with people, and so he can potentially be wrong, just like St. Peter was wrong at times. Remember, St. Peter was our first pope. St. Peter is the one that Jesus Christ gave the keys to the kingdom to in the scriptures. And St. Peter, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit and did his miracles and people were, were, were drawn to Jesus because of his ministry, St. Peter, he went to the, the, the church in Galatia. And St. Paul, in his letters to the Galatians, he writes about how Peter became a hypocrite. And Peter began to teach things that and do things that weren't good. What happened was this, is Peter had this awesome vision from God where he was able to see that he could really enter into intentional relationships with these Gentile people who were becoming Christians. Remember, Peter was a Jewish Christian. And so he recognized in this vision that, that they, God wanted all to be one. And so he didn't have to make any unnecessary distinctions between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, right? So the Gentile Christians did not have to be circumcised to come into the church. They, they didn't have to uh, give up cer certain foods or whatever to come into the church. And so Peter was hanging out with them. He was chilling with them, sharing meals with them. But then some of the other disciples, they noticed this and they were thinking, whoa, hold up, bro. What you doing with them people over there? Right. So so they checked him and Peter became more concerned with the opinions of other disciples than he was of, of God, of Jesus. And so so Peter, uh, he began to put unnecessary rules on these these Gentile Christians. And Paul heard about this and so then Paul went to Peter and Paul checked him and Paul was like, dude, what's your problem, man? You being a straight up hypocrite. Anyways, long story short, even though Paul checked Peter for trying to correct the Peter, he did not walk away from his relationship with Peter. And so we can respectfully disagree with Pope Francis every now and then whenever he says certain things that we struggle with, though I would first invite us to like actually pray with what he says and discern, did he even say it? But then we should pray, okay, Lord, if he's clearly not saying something that is in line with you, then we should assume that the Holy Spirit is going to inspire someone close to him, like Peter was close to Paul and Paul was close to Peter, to go into a conversation with him and let him know. Now, one of your issues, though, is, Mark, is that you're saying, well, why didn't Pope Francis come out and refute it then? If he didn't say it, they're saying something that's not true. Why doesn't he come out and why doesn't he clarify it? All right, man, I'm a lowly priest. And I'm not a big deal at all, but I've, I've done a few interviews with people in magazines and in newspapers and even through some Catholic apostolates, some Catholic media. And I can assure you about 95 to 98 percent of the time I've been misquoted and uh, they've said things about me or they've attributed things to me in the articles and in the, uh, the blogs or whatever that just aren't even true. And you think I'm going to sit there and spend my time telling them, you need to clear that up. Right? I don't have time for that. I'm a busy pastor. I have a bunch of people to take care of in my parish to pray for, to intercede for, to serve in the sacraments, to teach, to, to preach, to, to direct in the spiritual life. I don't have time to go out there and read all the blogs and read the newspapers and read what people are saying I said or didn't say. And I can imagine if I'm this busy and if I can't do that, then our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for sure he can't do that. <laughs> so I, I think that 
the Pope is probably more concerned with a lot more things that he needs to be concerned with than what the newspapers are saying that he potentially said. Fake news is fake news. And so uh, I, I don't think that he really said half the things that we're going to read on the blogs, whether we think they sound good or we think they sound bad. I'm pretty sure he didn't say it unless I'm in a conversation with Pope Francis and he says it to me one on one. I'm probably not going to believe it. And so there uh, there's that. I, I think that we need to pray for him, stay in relationship with him, trust that if he does say something in either written word or verbally that is not uh, of the Lord, uh, then it's because he's an imperfect human being just like you and I. We should pray that the Pope surrounds himself with a community that can challenge him and critique him to to be reformed daily in his in his walk toward eternity. And and if it's for his sanctification and our sanctification and for the glory of God for him to ever come out and refute anything, then we'll pray for that to happen. If not, then let's just focus on the person in front of us. I, I like to think about the saints. You know, how many of the saints were focused on the Pope and how many of the saints were focused on serving Jesus and the person right in front of them. And so there's people right in front of us that need to be served, but sometimes we spend so much of our time uh, wasting our time reading blogs and reading papers and reading things that aren't life-giving that we're not able to serve the person in front of us and help the person in front of us encounter the joy of the gospel and become an intentional disciple of Jesus. So let's pray for our Holy Father that he be a saint and let's pray for each other that we also be saints even if we don't infect like each other. All right, so what do y'all think? Do you have any additional advice for Mark? If you do, share it with me at askfatherjoshuaascensionpress.com. If you want to critique the way I respond to Mark's question, if you want to have a further question, if you want me to elaborate more, I can definitely do that. So just hit me up at askfatherjoshuaascensionpress.com. Do not forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And in a minute, we're going to be back from the break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final two questions. Stay tuned. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send your questions to me at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, you can record a voice note and you can send that to me as well. We will play it on the show in the future. And also, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes so you can help other people find out about the show. On to our next question. Our next question comes from Sarah. 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 Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. So Sarah says this. I think I, uh, I think I may be talking from a sad heart. And I realize that priests are humans, but I find that many priests play favorites among parishioners. Some get a lot of support in life with their issues and some don't get any. I was so distraught when my husband of 18 years left me for another woman and the church wasn't there for me. How can we address priests on this? Whoa. Ooh. Damn. Okay, Sarah. First of all, I apologize in the name of every priest and every member of the church who was not there for you uh, whenever your husband of 18 years left. Whoa. That is, uh, that's really, really 
a traumatic experience that you've been through. Whew. So what do I have to say to that? Uh, first, I want to invite us to just pray right now, Sarah. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, Sarah's heart has been broken. Sarah's trust has been betrayed. Lord, I ask that you, you just draw her to encounter you on the cross right now. I ask that you draw her to fix her eyes upon you, crucified Jesus. Whenever you were rejected, whenever you were betrayed by Judas, your friend, whenever you were denied three times by Peter, the man you called to be Pope, whenever you were abandoned by James, the man that you took on, that you took on the mountain of transfiguration, whenever you were mocked and abused, Jesus crucified, I ask that you draw Sarah to fix her attention on you on the cross right now so that she may, she may see that she is not alone, but you are with her. That you get it. You understand that pain more than any of us ever can. But you get it. And that you're calling her, you're inviting her to remain in union with you right there at the foot of the cross. Give her the grace to perceive and to receive in the depths of her heart, Jesus, your love for her. That thirst that you have, that desire that you have to quench your Lord. Her heart, her heart is having it has this infinite longing, Jesus. There's this infinite longing in Sarah's heart, and no finite person, no finite man can ever fully satisfy her, Jesus. Only you can, the infinite God. So I ask that you just give her the grace to remain rooted in your face so that you may be the one to fill her up, and you may be the one to satisfy her. Because, God, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough. People will come and people will go, but you will go nowhere. You are the only one who will remain. And, Jesus, you are the one who will fill her heart to capacity with joy. So fill your daughter up, Lord. Fill her up. Heal her wounds. Restore her trust that true love is possible and true love is ultimately found in you. Amen. Oh, so Sarah, I pray for you and I bless you, Sarah. And I, I will promise you that I will intercede for your heart. I cannot imagine what you're going through, but I, I do believe that Jesus Christ is sufficient. That even though you've been hurt by people, God is certainly still enough for you. And God is calling you to, 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 to fall on your knees in prayer. Not only for your, your husband of 18 years and his conversion, but, and for your priest who wasn't there for you, and for the people in the church who weren't there for you, but to fall on your knees to receive the love of God. That's what God's calling you to. So, so Sarah, there's a reality here. And I think um, uh, with people in the church and even priests, who, who weren't there for you, but who seem to be there for other parishioners. Yeah, sometimes priests do have favorites. And that's just a reality. Priests are, are, are imperfect human beings were broken. Remember, Jesus called Peter knowing he was going to deny him. He called Thomas knowing he was going to doubt him. He called, in fact, in the gospel, uh, it says that Jesus took all the apostles up on the top of the mountain. They worshiped him and they all doubted. And yet he still called them, even though they doubted. And, and he called uh, the apostles knowing that they, they would abandon him and betray him. And these were his first priests, but he still called them. He still called them, and, and, and he, calls, he calls me and he calls your pastor to be a saint. He calls the people in your church to be saints as well, but he calls us in the midst of our brokenness. And so, yeah, your priest is imperfect and he's broken, and maybe he wasn't there for you. And so now what? Well, pray for him. 
now that you see this wrinkle in, 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 in his inability to be attentive to the needs of his parishioners, pray for him to be attentive to other people and ask God to give you the gift of tongues so you can communicate to him in a conversation, in a meeting, not after mass. Please do not do this outside of mass. That's not the place to have these conversations, but set up a meeting with him and just let him know that you're hurting and why and ask for him to have the gift of interpretation of tongues from the Holy Spirit so that he can hear only that which God wants him to hear. And, uh, and, and, and just relate to him the, the, the message. Sometimes we're not aware. Like remember at the wedding of Cana, there were people there who weren't even aware that they ran out of wine, but Mary was aware because Mary was attentive. Some priests don't have the gift of being attentive. And so I don't know if your situation was like a big public thing or whatever, but uh, sometimes people just aren't aware until we make them aware and, and tell him how you want him, him to love you. I say, Father, this is what I need from you. Can you do this? And he might be able to do that and he might not, but he might be able to point you to someone in the church who can. And so uh, just uh, please, uh, please uh, don't, don't, uh, don't hold this against, against your pastor, but, but let this be an opportunity to help him to grow in his ability to love. And if he's capable of that, to walk with you and accompany you. And if he's not, to uh, point you in the direction of the person who can accompany you. But most importantly, uh, go to Jesus yourself daily and let Jesus Christ fill you up. Because God's grace is something that is greater than anything beyond our wildest imagination. So God is sufficient, Sarah. God is enough. And I, I pray for you and with you for the, the hurt that you have been through um, at the betrayal of your husband and also at the lack of attentiveness of people in your parish community. And so we're with you. I'm going to pass your name on, if you don't mind, to a cloistered convent of nuns to also intercede for you as well. Moving on to our, our final question. It comes from Tom. He says this, as a priest, how do you handle celibacy? Being attracted to people of the opposite sex is so natural. What do you do if you find someone attractive or develop feelings for someone? That is a great question, Tom. How do I handle celibacy? That's the first question. Uh, well, I, I freely chose to be celibate, a chaste celibate spouse of the church in imitation of Jesus Christ and St. Paul and many of the other saints in the early church. So I freely chose celibacy, first of all, because of what it points to. It points to the reality of heaven. In heaven, there is no more marriage. The only marriage that is in heaven is God and his, his people and us. God wants to marry us. And so I think that we live in a world that is consumed with sex. And sex is a good thing in the context of the sacrament of marriage. And the sacrament of marriage is super beautiful. But we get so consumed with it that we make it an idol. I think we sometimes stop at it as if it's supposed to be the end-all, be-all, the thing that satisfies us the most. But there is something greater to satisfy all of us. And it's actually someone greater, and his name is Jesus. And so my celibacy hopefully points us to the reality that there is something more, and it is it's heaven. And we were created for an eternity with the love of, of Jesus. And you're right, being attracted to people of the opposite sex is supernatural. I don't know any priest who's still not attracted to people, right? Whenever we get ordained, we don't lose our desires. We don't lose uh, anything that's natural. We just get supernatural grace on top of that ordination. However, natural desires are still there. So what do we do if we find someone attractive or begin to develop feelings for somebody? 
Well, I can tell you right now, I, I'm I'm not in that place. I'm I'm really super praise be Jesus Christ in love with the Lord, and I love being a pastor, and I'm I'm so rooted in that relationship that I'm just not aware of of anyone that I could potentially get feelings for. But I just, I guess I could tell you what I would hope I would first not do, and then what I would definitely do. What I would not do, I always like to approach things from the via negativa. St. Augustine talks about that, the negative way. What would I not do? If I began to develop feelings for someone, the first thing I would not do is I would not tell her, hey, yo, hey, shorty, what's up? I think you cute. No, I would not do that. I would not let her know. That would be ridiculous. Next thing I would not do is I would not intentionally cultivate a relationship with her. I would not do that as well. I, even if she's a prisoner, would not do that. Because if I have feelings for you, I'm not going to form an exclusive relationship with that person because that would not be healthy for me or for her. Think about it. If I was a married man and I had kids, if I'm a married man with a family and I find my secretary attractive, would it be okay for me to tell her, hey, I'm attracted to you? Would it be okay for me to begin to develop an exclusive relationship with her? Or any vocation, any state of life vocation. If I am currently in any state of life vocation, whether it's a priest, a religious, consecrated virgin, married person, it is never okay for me to develop an exclusive relationship with someone of the opposite sex and to share my heart with that person. Not okay. It is not okay for me to tell this person I'm attracted to you. Even if I'm not in that state of life vocation, what if they are? Like if, if neither one of us are, then right, go for it. But whenever someone's in a state of life vocation, we don't want to violate boundaries. So First thing I would not do is I would not be exclusive. I would not share my heart. I would not tell the person that I'm crushing on them, that I got a crush on you. That's an old song from the 90s. I think it's a bad song too. So that's the first thing that I would definitely not do. What would I do? I would first of all drop to my knees in prayer and tell Jesus, hey, hey Lord, I'm having these desires and I would relate my desires to Jesus. There's a former prayer called ARRR, Acknowledge, Relate, Receive, Respond. Uh, an acronym R, like a pirate. And so I would acknowledge my thoughts, my feelings, my desires. I would relate them to the Lord and I would sit back to receive from the Lord whatever graces he wants to give me through the scriptures or Eucharistic adoration or the rosary or just in my time in contemplation. And after that, I will sit in silence and just gaze at Jesus as he gazes at me, which I think is one of the most important points of prayer is to, to respond by just being in relationship with God looking at God. Sometimes we can make our prayers all about ourselves or all about our situations. And in reality, we're not praying anymore. We're just thinking. And so I don't think that's helpful at all. So I will reorient my attention to God so that God can fill me up, focusing on Jesus and not on me anymore. I've already talked about me and what I'm going through. Now it's time to focus on Jesus so he can be my God. Uh, after I talk to God about it, I would definitely bring it to my spiritual director if I'm a celibate priest who is finding someone else attractive and developing feelings for somebody, bring it to the light. The devil wants us to keep things in the dark. If things are in the dark, if they're hidden, the devil can operate. If they're in the light, he cannot move. So I'd bring it to my spiritual director and I'd probably bring it to my priest fraternity group. That way other people can hold me accountable to not intentionally cultivating a personal relationship with someone with whom I am beginning to have feelings for. So I, I guess I, I would just say this, avoid the near occasion of being stupid. <laughs> There's a priest friend of mine, he, he came up with a saying, don't be stupid. So I'll say avoid the near occasion of being stupid. Avoid the near occasion of doing something that I'm going to regret that's going to distract me from, from being the particular saint that God is calling me to be from the particular state of life God has invited me to enter into in my walk toward eternity. 
All right, that's that's our show for today. What are some universal points that we can take from today's show? Number one, every disciple is not always going to get along. Every disciple is not always going to like the next disciple, right? So make sure that if you don't like somebody, it's cool. You don't have to like them, but you got to love them. You got to pray for them. And that person might, in fact, be a member of the body of Christ that is best for you in your walk toward eternity to purify you of your ego and help you become a saint. Uh, St. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, he says, I cannot say I don't need you. I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I absolutely need you. Uh, so if you're struggling with the Pope right now, trust this. You need Pope Francis and Pope Francis needs you. We all need each other. We are all necessary members of the body of Christ who are needing each other to accompany each other in our walk toward Jesus in this life and for all eternity. So please pray for him and trust that um, you're also called to apply the way that you pray for the Pope to the way you pray for other people with whom you might struggle with in, in your current walk right now. Another universal point that we can take from today's show is that Jesus Christ is sufficient, that people will always let us down, that people will always hurt us, but uh, God never will let us down. God's the only one who can satiate the ache. God's the one that we've been created for. And so whenever we're hurt, it's best to drop to our knees and focus on Jesus Christ crucified, who also was wounded and rejected and abandoned and betrayed and denied and abused and uh, turn to Jesus. Allow Jesus to be the one to, to satiate that ache, to quench our thirst, to fulfill our desires. Also recognize that uh, sometimes people hurt us and they're not even aware that they've hurt us. And so to just be attentive to that reality and to bring to their attention that they've heard us, if they can still accompany us, praise God. If they can't, then uh, just turn back to Jesus because Jesus Christ, again, is enough. And finally, to recognize that whenever we are living in any state of life, vocation, it is not appropriate to share our feelings with someone else who is outside of our vocation. So if I'm married, my feelings go to my wife and my feelings go to God. They do not go to any other woman. If I'm a celibate priest, my feelings go to God. They go in my spiritual director relationship, but they would not go to the person with whom I'm experiencing attractions toward. Uh, so I will prioritize near occasions of grace, people, places, and things that help me to grow closer to Jesus and become a saint. And I will avoid near occasions of sin, or as I like to call it, near occasions of being stupid. So don't be stupid. And that wraps up our show for today. If you want to hit me up with more questions for future shows, please do that via email to askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Rate us and review us on iTunes so more people can find out about the show. And most importantly, let's pray right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we love you, adore you, worship you, glorify you, and honor you. Give us the grace that we need to keep our eyes fixed on you so we can hear your voice. Invite us to be saints in our walk toward eternity. We entrust our vocations. We entrust everything to the intercession of your daughter and our mother, the Virgin Mary, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All right, y'all. God bless, and I'm going to see you next week.